The following episode of BG Mania is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the little kid himself. It's Frank. Hey, guys. He's a big kid now. Yeah, exactly. Mommy, wow. For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries, which we do have one coming up in July. Stay tuned for that. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. I also want to plug this here. I plugged it in max level on Monday as well, but it is officially E3 2019 season. If you're a fan of video games, you are undoubtedly aware of what E3 is. Big major convention every single year, bunch of game announcements, bunch of press conferences, bunch of game trailers, bunch of hype, shitty days for people like us who cover games. But it's always a lot of fun. So we're going to have full, just like we did last year, just like we did the year before, we're going to have full coverage of E3 at leveldowngames.com on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames. Everywhere we can do on our podcasts, uh, well, not podcasts, plural, we won't really talk about anything too much E3 here at BG Mania, but if you also listen to us on the Max Level every Monday, we'll have extensive E3 coverage on the Max Level podcast over the next month. The festivities kick off June 8th. And they last through June 13th throughout those five days. Keep it locked. Leveldowngames.com. All of our reaction videos, all of our thoughts, all of our everything, I guess. Everything we do for E3 will be there. And we'll have an official hub for E3 as well on our website that you can actually uh, check out for the calendar of events that we plan on doing, much like we did last year. So if you enjoyed what we did last year and enjoyed watching us react to the silly and craziness that is E3, check us out this year. We're doing the same thing, except uh, hopefully just 
more than myself. Obviously, we'll try to get Frank involved with some reaction videos. We'll try to get Sean. We'll try to get Kyle and maybe try to get Jessica. She's free. We'll do what we can. We'll see how many people we can get involved with the reaction videos and, and go from there and see what we can actually do. It's going to be a fun time. going to be a fun time. Can't wait. Can't wait. About a month away. And we'll talk about it each week leading up to it. So that way there's no excuse. Watch us cover E3. Watch us cover E3. It'll be fun. Before we continue forward, I want to give a special shout out to somebody. Somebody special that noticed an episode last week. I want to give a shout out to Bill Kiley, the composer, one of the two composers from Katana Zero, who happened to come across the episode we did last week and absolutely loved it. It's so great that uh, he found it. I thought you sent it to him. He just found it on his own. Bill Kiley's a fan. I like it. Well, I I don't know that he's a fan. (laughs) Brian, Brian, I'm I'm taking him as a fan. (laughs) I would like to think that he maybe he's now a fan, but I put out a tweet when the episode went live. I didn't actually tag anybody. I didn't tag any of the composers. I didn't tag Devolver Digital. I used um, hashtags for, you know, BGM, VGM, podcast, music, OST. I typed the name. I typed the words Katana Zero into the tweet, which is probably how he found it. But thanked us for covering the, the actual soundtrack. And he really enjoyed it and said that he was glad that we liked his stuff. The soundtrack rocks. And it was freaking amazing it's in contention for soundtrack of the year it's it's amazing yeah so thank you bill if you're if you're listening again this week bill super special shout out to you and i can't wait to see what you do next but i'm also excited for this episode this week frank because we're doing something that we coined childhood memories last week and we didn't really dive too deep into what this actually means so what we did frank and i at the end of last week's episode when we were done recording we each wrote down a list of 10 games. It had to be the games in order how they popped into our head. Like we had to clear our minds and just, okay, what's the first video game you think of? What's the second? What's the third? So on and so forth. But we had to like pick it from our childhood. Like I, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, like we couldn't do that. That's not our childhood. It had to be games that we played when we were little and like what games do we remember? So we each came up with a list of 10 crossed over on one particular game and we put together a list of music featuring these 10 games. And I think this episode is going to be a lot of fun because not only are we going to explore the actual music and talk about that, but I want to talk about why we picked these particular games. And Frank, you had the first pick. First pick there was Casino Night Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, came out November 21st, 92 and composed by Masato Nakamura. You would know that if you listen to the last episode of uh, BG Mania, we did a whole Sonic uh, experience. We did. And I actually have a follow up to that because we actually got an email from Martin, who was the one that actually requested that episode. And his email came in. I, I actually could have got this in on last week's episode, but totally forgot. Apologies, Martin. I totally forgot to read your email. He said, hey, fellas, just wanted to say a big thanks for doing the Sonic episode the other day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And you guys picked some quality tunes. Was great to hear Frank Sonic and Knuckles stories as well. If you are a big fan of Koshiro, Brian, Yuzo Koshiro, keep an eye on a Kickstarter game I backed called 1980X, which I think, Frank, you also backed. I did back that game as well. (laughs) He said Yuzo Koshiro is doing the soundtrack for that. And their latest email states it's due to be released in the next few months on Switch, PS4 and Xbox One. Pip, pip, tally-ho. He said that made me laugh. Later, guys. (laughs) Thanks again and keep up the great work, Martin. 
<laughs> so yeah, pip pip tally ho, pip pip chittio, I think is actually uh the way I said it. Well, pip, he said well he said it the right pip, way. Pip, yeah. pip, pip pip tally ho is probably the actual way. Pip pip cheerio is probably the dumb way that I said it. But yeah, 1980X, I definitely want to explore that soundtrack. Yuzo Koshiro, definitely my favorite composer of all time. Looking forward to see what he does with that. And we'll probably do an episode on that in the future as well. Yeah, uh, why Sonic 2? Why, 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 why Sonic 2? Sonic are you gonna are you telling the same story or no? No, uh, well, in a way, a little roundabout way. So Sonic 2 came out in November 92. As a kid, my father owned a, a restaurant, a pizzeria. And I would I, I would go there on the weekends to help out and, you know, sometimes after school help out. And I would get a little bit of money, not not a lot. OK, it was practically child slave labor. But uh, <laughs> between that and like they, they might give me like a little allowance for like taking the garbage out and doing stuff like that. I saved all my money. And with the pure intent of buying myself a Sega Genesis, I had a Super Nintendo already. I got that for Christmas. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted the Sega Genesis. I wanted to play these games. You know, oh, you see all the commercials uh, Sega does when Nintendo don't. Yeah. You know, I, I had to be part of this. And I didn't get a Genesis until Sega 2 was the actual pack-in title. So it was, when, when Sonic 2 was the pack-in title with the, with the Genesis, that's when I finally got mine. Uh, Bought it from a 99 cent store. Uh, it was the only thing, one of the few things in the store that was not 99 cents. I thought you were going to tell me your dad wrapped your Genesis in some starter jacket. and. No, that, that, that was my Sonic and Apple story. I proudly like this is I saved up my money to buy this. This was going to be my console. Just mine. It belonged to me. And I you were how old at this point? 10 years old. So you were just doing like yard work and. Like you, like you, like you said, slave labor at the pizza shop. I doing that. I, I would, I would go um, like bowing lawns. I, I was an ambitious kid. I want, I wanted to make that money. But I want to have this console that would be just mine because Super Nintendo. I had to share with my stupid sister. Nintendo. We had had to share with my stupid sister. My parents were really big on sharing, so even though I bought this for my own money, I had to share it with my stupid sister. Who went on to not tell you about Knuckles in Sonic Two, the game you bought with your own money? Yeah. Well. She got hers. Uh, I mean, if you listen to uh, Max Level, you'll find out what I did to get back at her. Um, <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> oh man, great pick though, man. One of the one of the few that we left off last week. When we did. It's uh, such a fun. It's such a fun, fun level. I remember spending just countless. First, of all, I heard the song so much because countless time, like going through the actual casino part and trying to like win all the coins. Yeah. Like just, I would just play that as, as his own little mini game. Cause it was, it's, it's, it's kind of like pinball. Yeah. And uh, I said last week, I, that's my fault. Two weeks ago, last week was Katana Zero, but yeah, two weeks ago, one of the ones we left off. Great yeah. track. Great freaking piece of music. Awesome. Really get that. It, it kind of has that swanky casino feel to it a little bit, you know, like that Las Vegas style feel clearly what they were going for there worked out perfectly great freaking pick great choice great music so all right i am gonna take the complete opposite and i did that on purpose after you told me you were opening with that i'm gonna jump you know sega does what nintendo don't well i think nintendo still did it better from super mario world this is the evil king bowser
And that was the evil King Bowser from Super Mario World, released on the Super Nintendo here in North America, August 13th, 1991. Came out in Japan in 1990, November 21st. And this obviously was composed by the wonderful and legendary Koji Kondo himself, who you will hear several times on today's episode. Yes, you, will. <laughs> you will hear a lot of Koji Kondo. He played a big part in the music from Frank and I's childhood gaming memories. Why Super Mario World, though, for me? Well, the Super Nintendo is the first console that I have the most vivid memories with. I was born in 1986. I had an NES. I played the shit out of my NES. I played it all the time. But I don't really have the fond memories that I do with everything that I played on the Super Nintendo. And, you know, like kind of like you with the NES, I or the Genesis because you bought it. But really the NES, because that's what you had when you were, you know, four or five, six years old. For me, it was the Super Nintendo around that time frame. And I think because I think we got our Super Nintendo in 1991. So I have a, I have quite a, actually a handful of picks from the SNES today. But Super Mario World is the game that I would play every freaking day, dude. I would go to school, I would come home, and I would play Super Mario World. This was my jam. I liked this, and still do, way more than I ever did with Sonic. Like, I like Sonic. Sonic, great freaking games. Oh, this, this is by and far better music. Game. But Super Mario World is one of those games... It's not only is it a 10 out of 10 game. This is a this is it again. No game is perfect, it is, but it is. This game could break the scale. Like, it for, could. For, it could. Again, no game is perfect, but it is close to perfection. This is a great freaking game. Excellent soundtrack from top to bottom. You made the mention while we were listening to it. Cannot believe we skipped over this track when we actually did the the dive into the music from Super Mario World. Uh, there's actually several tracks that we've skipped over in the past. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy the ones that we. But again, we can only fit so much music in each episode, and we well, try we try to pick ones that you know not only do we think are good, but ones that we think that you out there are going to enjoy as well because we want to make the episodes enjoyable to listen to. But this is a good freaking piece of music right here. Koji Kondo did something excellent. It's faster. It has that Bowser feel, that Koopa feel to it that we came to know. And, you know, that would we would learn about even more of Super Mario 64. This is a great. This is so freaking good. I used to look forward to coming home from school and just dude, I played this game so many times. I beat this. This is one game that I finished probably close to 20 sometimes, if not more than that. The, the, I have so many, so I could keep here for hours on stories alone tied to this game. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's that integral to my childhood and to honestly, to my core group of friends to this day. I think that any, anyone probably 30 to man, maybe even 30 to 40, maybe that entire 10, eight, 10 year age range probably has extremely fond memories of Super Mario World, unless they were strictly Genesis kids. No one likes those kids. <laughs> I do quite a few of those kids. <laughs> I want to pick a game here that I honestly can say I've rented at least a dozen times. Never owned until much later in life. This is the main theme to River City Ransom.
was the main theme to River City Ransom, uh, which came out in January 1990. Remember, with older games, sometimes you just get the, the month and the year. This was uh, composed by Kazuo Osawa. Uh, but like I said, River City Ransom, a game I've rented easily a dozen times, maybe more. Uh, but never owned, which is crazy. Uh, I, I know back then, you know, you NES s- games. You still don't own it? You still don't own it to this day? I, 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 I own it to this day now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, in fact, I, th- I think I own it on the Game Boy Advance and NES. <sighs> but back then, new games were like 80 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I was not going to. No, no, as a kid, I didn't have $80. Uh, you know, I'm saving my money for, for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> you know, our local video store did like $2 rentals for like three days or three or four days. Like that. Like, it, was a, it was a great free deal. So I rented this one a lot. And me and my sister, Nicole, uh, one who's closest in age to me, three years younger than me, uh, played the ever loving crap out of this game. And all I'll never forget is while well, there's plenty of other games that did it. The password system in this game is so goddamn frustrating. <laughs> Uppercase, lowercase letters, and punctuation marks, and oh man, do you remember the, the days of writing down passwords, Brian? Sucked. Absolutely sucked. You get reminded of that kind of stuff when you play things like the NES Classic or the SNES Classic, yes. or you know, just password systems. Are, oh man, they sucked. This is, you, know, the, 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 you know, the NES Classic has save states, which I love. Oh, I wish we had save states back then. It was so great. It's actually helping me a lot play through like certain like you know like the JRPG that released on the SNES classic yeah just being able to save in the field <laughs> that's super I, nice seriously yeah it's nice but yeah we played this so so much um we, we had to do everything on there she would spend more time in the towns buying things than, than possibly needed uh but whatever I, I, I remember just having nothing but great memories of this game but the first thing that pops in my head when I think of this game is that that damn password system I hate it I hate it Brian I hate it I cannot <sighs> move on without mentioning that baseline, though. Dude, the classic. Just it, it's it is, so. It's, it's cliche. It's so NES. It's, it's so, yeah, so it's, good. It's it works so well. I mean, maybe we're just simplistic and just enjoy simple things, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just it, it, it's. It's the perfect theme, and it fits the game so well. Yeah, super rocking, super epic, great freaking chip tune, awesome piece of music, man. It's really good. But if you ever play this game in the future, save state. <laughs> save states going forward. <laughs> I have a, a frustrating game that it, it's for a totally different reason, not for the password system in the game. We're sticking NES. We're going to go to Dick Tracy. The name of this track is Streets Theme.
that was the Streets theme from Dick Tracy, which released on the NES sometime September 1990. Was unable to find an official. I was happy to find the September dude. I was only <laughs> able to find the the 1990 for the longest time. Then I then I came across September on one website, and I'm just gonna run with it. So September 1990, and uh, it was a frustratingly difficult game. A very very frustratingly difficult game. Uh, it. it it tried to be too trendy, I think, at the time, because they only gave you one life when you started the game. And if you lost that life, you had to start the game over again. But they also made it to where if you get hit once, was it? Did, could you, No, you could get hit two, two or three times. It, it was wasn't a lot. Though. It was it was anywhere between one and three times, if I'm trying to remember correctly. And again, you only have one life. So as soon as you die, you are starting the game over again. But. It's cool because I, and I didn't look this up, but I think this is the only game based on Dick Tracy. I think so. I can't think of another one. I cannot think of another one, at least off the top of my head, that is based on Dick Tracy, who, you know, a, a comic book and movie character that I'm familiar with and that I actually kind of enjoy, which is why I own this game. I actually asked for this game for Christmas one year, and I think my grandma actually bought it for me. Um, if you know what to do, and I've seen people run it, you can actually finish this game fairly quickly. There's only five cases. There is a password system that lets you like start from any case, but it's not a frustrating password system. What's frustrating is the freaking the game itself. And the game itself. <laughs> yeah, I can't. The, the reason I picked the streets theme is because I spent the most time on the streets just driving around. It's the only thing I knew what to do. All I knew how to do. Like, I, I mean, I, I knew I could go in buildings, but I didn't know what buildings I could go in because I didn't understand at the time I was a child. So I would just wander around if I happened into a building. Hey, cool. But I spent the most time dying and driving around in the stupid cop car. But the music in the game actually is pretty freaking good. It's very fitting to Dick Tracy. Very like, hey, there, copper. Oh, yeah, like, very, like, like, very lounge jazzy, like what you would expect from that time period or that era. And, you know, like the, de the detective feel, so to speak, or whatever. Yeah. And it was actually composed, pat on the back for myself, I was able to find this, by George Sanger. Ah, the legendary George Sanger. So I looked him up a little bit and was able to find, not only did he do Dick Tracy, he did Total Recall for the NES. Uh, he did Home Alone on the NES, not the Super Nintendo version, just the NES version. And his last game was on DOS. Hocus Pocus. So he's does movie-based video games. Is this LJM? <laughs> no. Uh, Bandai, which would later become no, no. Bandai Namco. Um, not the Hocus Pocus that, you know, the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> I don't think they ever had a video game. Well, they did. I'm missing out and I want to play this game. Although, it is on I, I, although, I, although I did miss your reference to them in last week's max level until I edited it. Okay. <laughs> Yabos? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't catch that at the time. I left it in the episode, though. <laughs> Great okay, music, so though. Great music, though, right? I, I really like that. I did not expect that. Yeah, super cool. There's there's a couple other good tracks, too, so I may, I may actually pull from Dick Tracy again in the future. All right. Sneaky thank you. Easily one of my favorite games of all time. Coming up next from Mortal Kombat, the Palace Gates stage.
was the Palace Gate stage from Mortal Kombat. Uh, this came out on Super Nintendo, September 13th, 1993. Composed by the great Dan Fortin, the man behind the Mortal Kombat music. Um, this is a game that I first played in the arcades, as I think most people who've, who are my age are probably did. Yeah. This was like, this is when arcades, again, we talk about this on, on the Max Level Podcast, so arcades used to be a big thing. Like, that's that was like one of the social spots to go to. I was 13 when this came out. Uh, and all the older, like, high school kids were all hovered around this machine. So, like, you knew that this had to be something. And when you finally, when I finally got there and watching this, it was like something, nothing we've seen before. They look like real people fighting, like real people, like, not, 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 not like video game characters, because they were digitized actors, I think, at yeah. the time. I, I remember, I'll never forget, I, I saw the Sub-Zero classic fatality, where Sub-Zero rips your spine out mm-hmm. and holds it up. Uh, and I was like, I must play this game. I must own this game. I need this in my life. I begged and pleaded. And <laughs> a bit. I cried. I needed to have this game. It was the only thing I wanted. This was 92, 91? 93. 93. So you were 13 11. Years old. 13? 11. I suck at math. Oh, God, do I suck at math. <laughs> I said 11, but then you said 13. I was like, I no, wasn't you're sure. Right, you're right. Um, like I said, I, I was sixth grade when this game came out. I was I was a kid. I was I was a little kid. Not should not should not have been playing Mortal Kombat is the is what I was trying to get to. Absolutely not. But I had a cool older cousin who bought the game and gave it to me as a present. Um, and he lives uh, in Ohio. He's a really awesome dude. He's my my father's cousin, so he's my second cousin. Great dude. He bought me this game. Um, um, my mother didn't know about it. There's no blood in Mortal Kombat 1 on the Super Nintendo. Correct. Oh, know that. Correct. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's sweat. The Genesis version has the blood, though. The Genesis version has the blood. Absolutely. Um, and I ended up getting the Genesis version after, not, not too long after. Uh, once, once I actually bought the Sega Genesis. Uh, but yeah, I had this game. My, my mother didn't care because there was no blood. It was just fighting. Uh, and me and my sisters would play the hell out of this. And their favorite character was Raiden, because they just loved doing the oh, yeah, flying at me thing. And I would, I'm a Scorpion guy. I've been a Scorpion guy for years. Uh, I'm a Scorpion guy right now playing Mortal Kombat 11, uh, which is <laughs> pretty much taking this game back. You know, the, the game I'm putting so much time into. I, I, I always that. play Kung Lao or Liu Kang. It, it is a simple track, but it's very it's catchy. It's catchy, and that's what you want. It is. It's the it's the it's the first track you think of other than the, the the classic Mortal Kombat theme. Yeah, this is the first. This like when you think about Mortal Kombat the video game, this is the track that pops in your head because this song is everywhere in there. Even though it's only the one level, but you hear it all the time. Yeah, and it, and I do think it's a, a fan favorite level, of course, as well. I don't know. It's catchy. It's fun. We did an entire episode of Mortal Kombat, man, forever for forever and a day ago. And I'm surprised this this one didn't get picked. It, it's. That's a good that's, that's that's a good idea for an episode. Maybe maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll do we'll do something like that. Tracks I can't believe we didn't play. Tracks that come from games that we've covered extensively that we never played this good track from. That's yeah. the, that's the title that it's 300 characters long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to it's going to break barriers. We'll make it so. Make it so. I have another frustrating story coming up though. And Frank, I'm fairly certain you're going to share in the frustration. We're going back to the NES. We're going to Battletoads. And we're going to Turbo Tunnel Part 2.
And that was Turbo Tunnel Part 2 from Battletoads. That's the NES version of Battletoads. That is the version I played. Uh, released here in North America, June 1st, 1991. Composed by the wonderful Mr. David Wise, who we've talked a lot about here on BG Mania. Great. First of all, let me talk about the track. That's an awesome piece of music right there, dude. It is. It, it like it starts kind of, you know, just the same couple notes over and over and over again as like a like, what is this? What am I listening to? Like you kind of get like a fast paced feel from the track, which is a good thing. But and then it really starts picking up and then it starts building and then it just does all these crazy things. And it's a good freaking piece of music, man. David Wise is so good. Really enjoy his work. Man, Brian, I rank Battletoads in the same camp as Mario Party. Um, in what relation? This game has ruined families and friendships. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, this particular track is from the insanely difficult Turbo Tunnel level, which to this point in the game, like it's been fairly easy. Like not, I wouldn't say easy, but the game is doable. This is about what? 25 minutes into the game, 30 minutes in the game when you reach this level. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's. And that's where pretty much everybody stops playing the game because they can't beat this level. Yeah, this is one This is one of like the two levels, or actually three, there's three levels in the game really that people crap out on. This is the major one. This is the, f and this is the first one that you come to and it's the major one. Of, the, of, the, of those that people complain about, this is the first one. And it's the one that has the most amount of I give ups on it. Uh, it's it's crazy. And and I did a little bit of digging into that reason and I uh, was able to find an, uh, a remark from a Nerdist article. And they had said that one of the most commonly accepted reasons for Battletoads sudden difficulty spike was that it was intended to combat the then budding video game rental industry. They, the team, okay. the team at um, at Rare decided that if the game was more difficult, it would take longer to complete and consumers would be more likely to purchase it rather than rent it because they would want to finish it. Bastards. That That's the most commonly accepted explanation, I guess we could say. You dirty, dirty dogs. How dare you? But the cool thing is, man, at E3, we are probably going to be hearing about Battletoads again because we oh, do sure. know Battletoads got announced last year. They didn't show anything, so we should be seeing the new Battletoads this year. Again, not developed by Rare. It is developed by a new team, but it's still Battletoads, and I'm still hoping. David Wise is freelance. He could do the music for the new Battletoads. No, why not? Let's just open up those fresh wounds with the... Uh... My, my, my friends and family. Oh man, all the fight—the fights because of Battletoads. I, I feel—I feel bad now. Yeah. Back then, no, no you suck. Not, not so much. We're, we're, we're playing. This, we're playing this game one player. Poor Nicole, ousted once poor, again. Poor Nicole. Uh, I'm, I'm sure part of it was my fault as well, to be honest. But uh, whatever. It's my game. <laughs> go, 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 play, go play. Go play with your Barbie dolls. Um, I've been crapping over my sister this whole episode. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a game where I have nothing but happy memories with her. So. Until, uh, until you secretly remember the terrible time you guys had one Wednesday afternoon in July of 19. Well, I don't know when she was born. 88. She's 85. Okay, that's what I was trying to guess when she was three. So 1988. <laughs> From Bubble Bobble, this is the secret treasure rooms. <laughs>
the secret treasure rooms from Bubble Bobble. Uh, the game released on the NES August of 1986. I probably didn't get this till like maybe 89, 90. Okay. Maybe I mean later than that. Uh, but this is one of the games that me and my sister Nicole have nothing but fond memories playing. Uh, this is a, you know, we, we play this a lot. Really good um, password system, this one, too. Um, it was five characters long with the use of the letters A through, I think, J or K. So nothing too crazy to keep uh, track of. And found this track because Nicole has really shitty handwriting while well, she, she was a kid. She was she was younger than me. Um, Backhanded compliment, Frank. I knew you'd have something negative to say. Well, I mean, in, in 1990, she would have been five years old. Maybe if you play the 91, six years old. So I, I don't blame her for having bad handwriting. OK, but she had bad handwriting right on the password. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her letters mixed together. And so when we put the password in, it unlocked Super Bubble Bobble, which is the second playthrough. Ooh, okay. Level select at that. At that, so she she unlocked Super Bubble Bobble level selects, like the ultimate friggin' <laughs> in picking. So not only could we pick any, we could pick any level we wanted. Um, you could pick the secret treasure levels. Nice. So which we never found before. So we got we got those of them. And we got to play those. Uh, I said, we have nothing really but good memories except for one little tiny nuance in this game. Uh-oh. No, I might have been mad at her for it because I'm, I'm more impressed. Uh, she found something without having to, like, look at a Nintendo Power or anything like that. She found out that if the game is paused and she hits select on her controller, she could steal a life from me. So if she was dead and, she, and the game was paused and she hit select on her controller, she could take one of my, one of my lives uh, and get back into the game which actually made beating the final boss and getting the true ending a whole lot easier. Okay. Because she could do what she can do to kind of go, go along. As long as I kept one of, you know, I think you have two or three lives to start. As long as I kept one of my lives, after she crapped out, I can plow through the boss before it's time to pop his bubble at the end. I could pause it, she can jump in, we popped that bubble, got the true ending. So we actually beat this game the full, correct, 100% way. With both of you alive, yeah. With both of us alive. Don't get me wrong, I did about 95% of the work there. <laughs> On top of that, 95% of the work maintaining my extra life that she needed to, to, to do this as well. So I had to be really, really good at what I did. Another backhanded compliment there. She, she figured it out. I was impressed with that. Uh, and in fact, I had her... I, 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 I didn't try to steal any credit from her either. I had her send a letter to Nintendo Power. Of like, of like a tip and trick. They never responded back, but like, you know, I, I made sure that like, that my, my sister, who I was proud of, was like, you know, she found something. This is great. Um, they never, they never got published. It would have been so cool if it did, though. That would have been super cool, man. That would have been super freaking cool. And I, I, I think it would have pissed me off that she would be on Nintendo Power and not me. But uh, in hindsight... <laughs> But as a kid, I was proud of my little sister. How crazy is it that that track consists of an 11 second loop for three minutes? And yeah, and we didn't even notice it until what, about a minute? About a minute, about a minute <laughs> or so in. I mean, it's one of those things with music that I hear the loop over and over and over again, but I always think there's like a different note in there or like a different run or something else or like they changed like one thing. But then when you pay attention, it, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing, and it just goes over and over and over again, and it's not bad. It's a good, that is a good loop. 
That is a good loop. That is a well composed 11 second loop. What do you think, Ghost Girl? <laughs> I didn't hear her, Frank. She's not no. there right now. No, <laughs> Ghost Girl isn't there at the moment. But I'm going to kick now to an SNES game. One that we've played a track from in the past and one that, you know, I, it really does hold a very, very special place in my heart. One of the first games I think of when I think of like video games that I that I have fond memories with from Super Offroad. This is set up. set up from Super Off-Road, which released here in North America, somewhere in like the time frame of December 1991, really all that we were able to find, because it came out as early as 1989 on like the Amiga, NES, Arcade, Master System, who knows, up through like it was still releasing on the Game Boy and Game Gear, uh, Genesis, this game released literally everywhere. Yeah. But I have fond memories with the SNES version because of my dad. But that particular track was composed by the wonderful Tim Fallon, who was always a pleasure to listen to here on BG Mania. Super fun when he makes an appearance because his his trademark style and signature stuff is so, so just awesome, dude. So good. That track is so good. Did you purposely do two Trade West games back to back? No. <laughs> I did oh, it just happened? Okay. Oh, it just it, happened. Okay. Yeah. It just, it just ha- Oh, Battletoads was Trade West, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, no, that just happened by mistake. Um... Oh, well, kind of cool, though. Kind of cool that it did. But my dad and I used to play this all the time together. Um, if it wasn't Mario Kart, it was super off-road. Yeah, surprised, actually, neither one of us thought of a Mario Kart game when we did our list of 10. That's interesting to think about. In fact, I actually found out the exact release date of this game. Oh, okay. New Year's Eve, 1991. December 3rd. Is that legit? 31. December 31st? That's legit. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Usually those are just like placeholder dates. That, 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 that's, that's a good day to uh, ring in, to bring in the new year, playing some super off-road. Yeah, that's those are usually listening to a soundtrack composed by Tim Fallon. Now, these those, oh, date, yeah. those dates are usually placeholders. That's kind of funny that they actually put it out. I wonder if that was a I wonder what day that was. But yeah, interesting to think about. Um, my dad and I used to play this all the time together. We would we've I don't I can't tell you how many times we finished this game because it really there is no end. Like you just keep playing yeah. over and over and over again. It's the same courses. You might just, you know, maybe the hazards a little different, how they designed it. Maybe you drive mirror modes that you're going in reverse or what what have you. But there's still a 
decent amount of tracks in the game. I want to say 12, maybe in somewhere in that area, different terrains that you'll be going across and stadiums that you'll be racing in. This particular piece of music setup, it's what you hear when you are in between the title screen and the racing screen. It's like the setup, which is what the name of the track is, but it's like your tuning menu. Like I need better tires or I need better shock or a better engine. That's where this actual track plays. And we've maxed out our trucks so many times, man, like because we play so often, but like, you know, just everything going up and up and up. And I, I just have so many fond memories with this game. Uh, there isn't that many other pieces of music left from it that are actual like true gems besides just like track music. And even those aren't that strong. So I think we've probably played the two best from that game now. And you've said this countless times across other podcasts. This is one, you know, and this is the whole point of this episode. This is one of your most memorable games. You know, this, is, this is when your dad played like crazy. Absolutely. So yeah, I know. And I, and I guess I should apologize, even though I don't really want to apologize for it. I know we're not focusing as much on the music this week. We are still talking about it, but I wanted to do because we're getting closer to episode 100. So I'm trying to do different things. And I think next week we're going to have a normal episode, just focus on a Ugh. game or a franchise. But I just want to do something fun as we get closer to 100 episodes because we've, we've done so much now, which is crazy. I have an excellent story for this next one, too. Ooh. Um, in true, true Frank fashion. So, you know, it's going to be me being a real son of a bitch from Sam and Max hit the road. This is Hall of Oddities. the hall of oddities from sam and max hit the road uh that game came out november of 1993 and it was composed by peter mcconnell yeah amazing amazing track dude so good all right now i told you i had a fun little story for this one so it's 1993 so as we've established i'm 11 years old not 13 as we've established i'm a jerk still are 
So I'm, uh, I am owning this. I wanted a new PC game. Is this another poor Nicole story? No, this has nothing to do with her. Okay. Starting to feel bad for her. No, this has nothing to do with her. <laughs> I wanted a PC game. I'm 11 years old, which means I can't drive a vehicle to the store to get myself a game. And I wanted to go to CompUSA. Well, you could have. But well, I could have I went to jail or juvie. I wanted to go to CompUSA. CompUSA was that even far from the house. It was like a five minute drive away. I wanted to go. I wanted to buy some games. Um, my mother said no. I did not want to take no for an answer. So what? <laughs> of course not. So what I did was, uh, I do believe this is since it's ninety three. It's not Windows ninety five. It's whatever came before that. NT or three point or something. Whichever one of the two. Whatever. Whatever it was. I changed all the sounds on the computer to me saying the words "Comp USA." <laughs> What the hell? Every noise. And I turned on the option for a noise to be for every click, every menu, and everything was CompUSA, CompUSA, CompUSA. Uh, my mother, as she was wont to do, uh, went to go play Tetris. Why does it sound so familiar? I feel like you've maybe told me bits I've and never, pieces I've of never, this. I've never told the story uh, before, but uh, it, it's, it's very frank. It's something you know I would have done. No, man, I'm going to find it. You've told a portion of this story before. It's, it's a possibility because I... Um, I eventually drove her nuts. Uh, I, I got her to the point where she's like, fine, I'll take you there, but fix the computer. I don't want to hear you say CompUSA again. CompUSA. <laughs> and I, I was literally like that too. It was CompUSA. So she takes me there and I went and I bought a package that had Sam and Max hit the road, this game. Uh, it had Day of the Tentacle. It had the Indiana Jones LucasArts game. And it had like a... Uh, I had a, a Star Wars like mini games and then Star Wars uh, screensavers. That's that's the package I bought. It was like a big big five pack. I was so happy. I was proud. I had that. I also bought a couple of random uh, like CDs back in the day. They had the shareware CDs. Yeah, which had like two hundred games on each of them. So I had more than enough games to keep me going. That's where I discovered Jazz Jackrabbit, other fun stuff like that. Oh, okay. I had no idea what Sam and Max was at all. Uh, and I love point and click games. In fact, this is one of my favorite ones. That and Day of the Tentacle are two of my all time favorites. So I bought this game, took it home, and it was a little too smart for me at first. What do you, what do you mean by that? It's it's a point and click game. It's all like you know, combine this and that to make this and kind of to just to solve the puzzles. Okay. I, I, well, it's, it, it was. I missed a lot of things along the way. I got better at it. You know, just kind of. I understand this is before really the internet this is before looking things up so i i, I had to, i had to figure things out and i did I, I i've beaten this game a couple times since i've never actually played any of the the the, the newer ones or like the where else they have i've only ever played this one okay um but i loved it, it, it it's it indoors to this day uh there's there's even like there's pop culture references there's all kinds of like just there's dirty jokes that you you know right over my freaking 11 year old head uh, it, it was like the perfect game. I loved it. I just, I was laughing. And just when I picked this track, the first thing that popped to my mind was Comp USA. I got my ass kicked by student that. Well, it, I wouldn't say it was child abuse. It was um, proper, dis <laughs> proper discipline for someone who deserved it. Uh, and I absolutely deserved it. Uh, you absolutely deserved it. <laughs> no, 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 I Without don't question. I, Without question. Without question. I, I'm not questioning it in the slightest. I absolutely deserved it because I wanted to go to CompUSA. Um, they are now defunct out of business. I think they were bought by Circus City because out of business. So. Something like that. Something like that. But such, such a fun game and, and, and a great track. This is the whole, whole of Oddities is one of the areas you're exploring and it's like a weird carnival. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool stuff. Very, very cool. And again, great, great music. Great track. As we heard, it's phenomenal. Peter McConnell. Can't go wrong, really. I am going to go back and revisit a episode theme that we did back on episode number three. Wow. I have chosen a track from a game on the SNES, WWF Raw. This is Owen Hart's theme. was Owen Hart's theme from WWF Raw, which released December 22nd, 1994 on the Super Nintendo Four individual composers unable to find who was responsible for what. But those four composers are Dean Morrill, Mark Gannis, Kingsley Thurber and Scott Freeman. Again, no idea who was responsible for what. But I listened it was again, we did an entire episode on wrestling theme music back on episode three and WWF Raw on the Super Nintendo is probably the wrestling game besides No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 that I have the most amount of memories with. So I explored that soundtrack a little bit and I came to Owen Hart's theme and it literally is the best sounding piece of music on that entire soundtrack. Like, that is great chiptune music right there, dude. That is fantastic stuff. It really was. Uh, and three quarters of that team involved in the Mortal Kombat 2 uh, composition. Yeah, weird about that, right? Kingsley Thurber uh, was pretty much the LJN wrestling game guy. And he gets credit on almost everything they put out. Okay. In fact, in fact, in fact you know what? He even did WWF Super WrestleMania uh, so for a claim. So. Oh, wow. Maybe, 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 maybe he was more associated with WWF then when then, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe that is possible. But I mentioned, like I said, this is one that I had the most amount of memories with besides No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000. So I was probably nine, nine years old when I was really playing this a lot because it came out in 94. I did not get it for Christmas that year because it came out just a couple days before Christmas. I think I got it for my birthday, January 95. So, yeah, I would have been nine years old, nine, probably 10, 95, 96, playing this game heavily. We lived in a a house that was on a fairly secluded street, 
and you know, I would be able to go outside my door, yell across the street, have my neighbor friend hear me and come over and play games with pretty much on like a every school night basis. He'd come over we'd or I'd go over his house and we'd play games. And uh, on the weekends, we'd hang out and play a bunch of stuff. He used to come over all the time and him and I would throw down on WWF Raw for hours upon hours upon hours, creating matches, trying to find secrets, trying to find everything we could possibly do. You know, what can we possibly do to make this game better than it was because we thought this was the best of the best in terms of wrestling games at the time of course. it's never getting better than this it's it never ha- <laughs> it never get it never gets better right but they made a really fun wrestling game out of this i went back and played it since and it still holds up a little bit to this day it, it is it is quite dated i will admit and it, it definitely controls a bit archaic and pulling off wrestling moves is not the same once you've played anything post aki was this the one with the tug of war system yeah Okay. Yep. And that's what I mean. Like it was a, it was good at the time and it made sense. But now that we've had the grapple system and how well that works, the tug of war system just doesn't work anymore. I have fond memories of this game as well. I know I played the hell out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And as I mentioned, best sounding piece of music on this particular soundtrack. Great chip team music. Really, really cool. Frank, we're going to do something fun right now. And we're going to, we're going to consider this us testing the waters. We have a 100th episode coming up soon, and I like to make changes to things that we do every so often. If you follow Max Level or leveldowngames.com, you'll see how often I change things around, whether it's based on the new year or based on anniversary type stuff or special monumental occasions. I want to add something to BG Mania, starting with episode 100. I want to try to do something to make the episodes a little bit different and unique. So I want to come up with an idea We're going to call this expansion pack, Frank. We're going to call this expansion pack. And what it's going to be, every episode, there's a lot of music that you and I discover on a weekly basis that we just feel are too short. Whether it's obviously, yeah, I know. Why am I saying this? Because we played an 11 second loop of a bubble bubble track (laughs) earlier in the episode. But we played it for like a minute and a half. (laughs) But there are some tracks that are, say, maybe just 15 seconds that they don't loop for three minutes long. Maybe they're just 15 seconds or maybe they're 30 seconds or 40 seconds or whatever. We come across a lot of these good tracks that we don't pick from because we don't want to play just a 30 second track and then come back and talk more. We want to actually, you know, play more music and have more tracks get exposure and and be able to talk about that. So expansion pack, we're going to introduce the tracks. We'll introduce the composers. We'll introduce the games, the name of the music. But we're not going to talk in between them. It's going to be quick hits. So if we do it correctly, Frank, each episode has two. I have two. So expansion pack, four tracks should be no more than four minutes long if each track is less than a minute. So it'll be a quick little thing we do. Should be fun. Hopefully, if it's not, we will stop doing it and and we'll go from there. So we're going to test it out this week. So for this particular week, again, uh, it made sense because we're doing this childhood memory stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to... uh, Fun to see what we came up with. And coincidentally, Frank, this was 1,000, 10,000% by accident. It was. A million percent chance by accident. It'll probably never happen again. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. But we have three individual Nintendo games, all composed by Koji Kondo. All stuff we probably should have played before. From Super Mario Brothers 3, you'll hear Giant Land, which is one of Frank's picks. From The Legend of Zelda... A Link to the Past, you'll hear Time of the Falling Rain with the rain actually in the background. This is the storm version. 
which sounds very similar to the Sanctuary music, but it is different. I double checked. It is 1000% different. You'll hear that again, composed by Koji Kondo. That was both of our picks. We crossed over on that one. And then from Super Mario 64, you'll hear the opening, which was one of my picks. We'll play these and we'll be right back. expansion pack featuring music from Koji Kondo this week. We had Giant Land from Super Mario Brothers 3, Time of the Falling Rain, the storm version. You did hear that rain in the background from The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past and the opening from Super Mario 64. Three freaking awesome pieces of music, Frank, that we've never played here on the show. Absolutely. I mean, um, Giant Land, probably my favorite level from Mario 3, February 12th, 1990 here in the States. Time of the Falling Rain. Uh, that's, I, that's so iconic. It's the, it's really the, it's the first song you hear, if I'm not mistaken, once the game starts. Other than the, in- other than the intro theme. Other than the intro theme, yeah, because the rain is going, you know, you can hear the rain when you wake up in your house, then you go out there to follow your uncle, and this is the track that's playing. So, yeah, this is totally the, really the true first track you're going to hear uh april 13th 1992 here in north america uh, and past. that's the best zelda game in the entire history of zelda games so i um, disagree strongly with that and i say this all the time with you when we talk about this i still think ocarina of time is the best in the terms send of, the debate of zelda. in the comments please send yeah, a message let us know let us know bg mania leveldowngames.com uh title brian you are wrong so wrong <laughs> so 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 wrong if possible, let us know. Let us know what you prefer. Link to the past or Ocarina of Time. And then the opening from Super Mario 64 there, something I've been wanting to put into the episode 
really, I wanted to work this in since the Super Mario 64 episode we we did several, several, several months back, if not more than two years ago at this point. Probably has been more than two years ago. No, couldn't have been. Um, this 32 seconds, but it's so iconic. This is I remember this distinctly because, you know, you're getting invited to the castle to have a piece of freaking cake, Frank. Special shout out to uh, a stupid little joke Frank made on max level if you listen to both shows. <laughs> uh, definitely recommend going back this is an episode because it was perfect. <laughs> uh, September 29th, 1996 for Super Mario 64 here in North America. Obviously, that was the release of the Nintendo 64. But yeah, three great pieces of music. We're going to try to do something like that starting with episode 100. Uh, if you don't like it, let me know. We won't do it. But I kind of like it, so we'll stick with it for now. Let me go, let me go to my next track here. This is a game that uh, me and my friends played like crazy. I got so good at this game that people didn't want to play with me anymore. From Super Street Fighter 2, this is my girl Cammy's name. Cammy's theme from Super Street Fighter 2. It came out here in the States July 18th, 1994. Uh, Composed, I got two composers, I couldn't find the exact one. Uh, So, Isao Abe and Sion Nishigaki. Okay. I nailed those both perfectly. That is a victorious piece of music. I love Cammy's theme. Uh, it's one of the best ones. I think we played Guile's theme already. It's probably the one that I associate the most yeah. with Street Fighter. But uh can't play that same track twice. Uh, that is she, was the role. My, she, she was one of my main fighters that I used. Even to this day, even though I, I hate Street Fighter 5, um, Street Fighter 4, Cammy all the way. I just remember going to my friend's house and playing this game every single day. Like, we were there, we got off the bus at, like, 2 o'clock, maybe 2.30. And Damn! Then, Your school let out early. Yeah. I think, the, I think the earliest I ever got home was, like, 3.10-ish. And then, uh, and then we'd... It's, occasionally, I'd have to go home first, which sucks. But my friend only lived uh, a block over, 
So ride her bike there, come home for dinner, and then beg to go back and be told no. Or, or occasionally, like on the weekend, yeah, sure, you can go over there. You can even spend the night if you want. And we would just play this like crazy. And there was like six of us that would constantly just be there, keeping this in rotation. But of course, your boy would be playing the most because, you know, winter stays, winter pays kind of deal. Are you really that good at this? I was amazing at this. You, I was, you are very <laughs> exaggerative in nature and toot your own horn a bit. I keep saying was, though. Okay. I was the best at this. I suck now. At all Street Fighter uh, or just two? At all Street Fighter. Uh, I, 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 I'm willing to bet my, my two skills would click back with me if I were to like sit down and hop around and play this game. Yeah. Uh, some of the same friends who I play with. <laughs> They must have taken like pro courses or something because uh, <laughs> kind of like kinda, the classic episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson learns how to how to, how to beat the game, the touch of death or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Bart doesn't want to play anymore. That's kind of how I feel here. Uh, I don't ever want to play this with them anymore because the most recent outings I've had, they freaking mop the floor with me. That's funny. On a whole new level. Like, I just can't even comprehend how good they are. Well, that's good for them, though. That's good for them. I had a session where... I think like maybe of like my 20 turns, I may have won once. <laughs> yeah, to, I, I, it, it was humbling. It's a humbling experience. But back then, oh, your boy was the man. I, I could not be touched. I was, I, my, my defense was impregnable. I'm eating children. Is there a, That's my reason for you. Is there a reason that this track is so joyous, upbeat, victorious sounding, as I mentioned earlier? I think just because of the the nature of the character of her, she's a like a British um, like soldier. I'm not too up on my what characters are who in Street Fighter. Is she the one that wears the green like leotard type thing? Oh yes. Okay. She's the she's the one who has all the best cosplayers. Okay. Um, That's what I thought, I love, but I wasn't I, sure. I love each and every one of you. Um, <laughs> sure. Jesus, Frank. All right, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kick now to a PC game that I fell in love with over and over and over again. Still play to this day, thanks to the remastered version. From Full Throttle, this is the theme song.
And that was the theme song from Full Throttle, which released here in North America April 30th, 1995. The remastered version would come out April 18th, 2017, uh, 22 years later. I played this on the PC, as I mentioned. This was another LucasArts game. So the actual original soundtrack is composed by Peter McConnell, just like Frank's Sam and Max Hit the Road track earlier, but not this particular track. This actually is actually known as Legacy, and it's by a band known as the Gone Jackals. This is one of the few LucasArts games that actually use licensed music, and it actually is from a San Francisco rock band, the Gone Jackals. So, like I said, we don't usually play, but it was composed with full throttle in mind because the Gone Jackals, they released an album with the three tracks that they composed with like the full throttle font and like them posing like the characters. So this was done with the game in mind. That's why we're again, we're not just Guitar Hero really, man, is this the only thing I really have issues with just because I don't want to sit here and play Guns N' Roses, even, then, even though I like Guns N' Roses. Even even though if we were to pick tracks from the original Guitar Hero, they are they're they, not they, the they actual are, band. They're not the actual bands. They, they are all covers. I know. I know. That is funny. Full Throttle actually also is one of the first games that I played that had like crazy voice acting as well. Yeah, Mark freaking Hamill as the villain. Luke Skywalker. It's, I was going to say, you know what? LucasArts is a big part of our childhoods. Yeah, yeah. It is funny how similar, like, obviously, you know, Peter McConnell. Yeah, I know that's not his, this not him, but he did compose the game. Koji Kondo, Mario, Zelda. Look at, like, how much stuff we cross over on. I mean, we, you know, we're friends. We, like, usually you know, we bond over the, the, usually the, the same, same stuff. Usually. So. <laughs> Great tune, man. Uh, just pure rock, obviously. That's what that is. Pure, just grungy type rock pure rock what a transition i think you did that on purpose brian uh yeah no i didn't but good job no <laughs> my track comes from a game called chuck rock um this is the ice caves Thank you. 
that was the Ice Caves from Chuck Rock. Uh, for a release date on this one, I found the generic year of 1992. That was a thing back then. Sometimes these games just came out. They just appeared on store shelves. <laughs> it is. They did. Uh, composed, composed by Steve Collette. This was a game I got uh, Christmas, I want to say maybe 93, 94. Uh, it was it was my, my, my mom just bought a bunch of games that were on sale and she bought this one specifically because the cover looked cool and it's a very colorful cover and uh i can't say it's my favorite game it's it's, it's a very hard game it's a frustrating game it, it was just one of my happier childhood christmases i got this i got super ninja boy and i got something else but those are the two that, that, that stick out the most and literally she bought them because they had like the, the cool covers and to this day i do that sometimes as well I, I've, I've made <laughs> i've told i've told plenty of stories how i've bought games simply because the cover looked cool katamari damacy yeah uh another one of those uh mr mosquito yeah another one just a cool cover i was like okay yeah this is probably something to this game i've still never played chuck rock it's not a bad game it's a hard game uh, what makes sense because in that era, the you know between like the eighties and mid nineties, they made these frustratingly hard games. Chuck Rock is is it prehistoric? It is prehistoric. You are a um, caveman, a caveman, right? And you could pick up a rock and throw it. Uh, you're chucking you, rocks. You, literally, you're chucking rocks. <laughs> okay. You you could do that. There's. You're a caveman. You're not using high tech technology, but you can make like a you can use like a seesaw and throw it at the end and like launch yourself out. Uh, and your enemies are dinosaurs and stuff, just you know, because dinosaurs and humans lived side by side. That's how it works. That makes sense though, because the music is very prehistoric sounding. It is, and I, I do believe the final boss, uh, spoiler alert, is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. Um, yeah, because I got that like you know that deep bass drum type feel, very Turaki. Like when we shout out to the Mix Master when he requested the Turok episode, very yes. very similar to that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a game I think I didn't beat this until like late adulthood. Okay, uh, yesterday. Like <laughs> <laughs> prep for the episode. <laughs> I beat it to add to my to, to, to my count for the year. No, um, I don't hate the game. It just it's very it's very hard, harder than it needed to be. Uh, and as a, as a kid, as I, said, I got this when I was 10, 11, maybe 12 years old. It, it was too hard for me at the time. Yeah. Um, it was pretty difficult. It was pretty difficult for an adult as well. But I, I trust me, I, I was just tickled when I got this game as a kid. I was so happy. Like so my, my, my parents, while I, I was spoiled, I'm not going to lie. Um, rarely did they buy me a ton of video games for anything. Like I, I like like a video game for a birthday, but for that Christmas, I know I got at least ten games. These are the two that stood out the most, though. Very very cool. Uh, so big, so big shout out to my mom. Uh, I still love you, even though you beat me for Comp USA. Um, <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's go and play a track from what actually is the best Zelda game of all time, Ocarina of Time. No, okay. okay, I'm gonna make sure waiting for you to fly it. Slide it in there. Uh, it is Frank. You'll 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 realize it one day. Wrong. <laughs> this is Hyrule Castle Courtyard.
And that was Hyrule Castle Courtyard from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Nintendo 64 here in North America, November 23rd, 1998. Koji Kondo once again composing this track. We've heard him three, four, five. How many times we hear him today? Five, six? Not enough. Six, right? Super Mario World, Super Mario Brothers 3, Link to the Past, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, no, only five times. That's five. Yeah, only five times. Oh, well, five times, five times. That's okay. Booker T said the best. What a great piece of music. Freaking Courtyard, Hyrule Castle. So much stuff to do there, man. Like that that blew my mind when I got there the first time. How many, you know, like the, the stupid shopping mini guest game thing is there in the courtyard, is it not? And... Yeah, uh, the, the, there were so many shops lining the courtyard and like the little stalls and then you go behind them and dude, it was really just the game blew my mind. I mean, there's a reason why it is remembered as highly as it is. It does carry the legacy that it has with it. Video games would not look the same today or play the same today had it not been for Ocarina of Time. It's definitely one of the top games of all time, like in general, like not just like top Zelda games, like one of the top video games period. of all time. Yeah, period. Absol- yeah. Absolutely. Uh, super freaking awesome game, super freaking excellent freaking soundtrack. We've we've played so much from Ocarina of Time, and there's so many things we haven't explored from that yet. Like there's so many good pieces of music we can still pull from Ocarina. Really, in any Zelda from Ocarina of Time forward, like we've played a good chunk of the music from Zelda prior to Ocarina of Time. Not so with the case of everything that came out Ocarina of Time and beyond. I have so many fond memories, dude. I got this on Christmas. Actually, it would have been Christmas Eve. My grandma, I think, bought this for me. Christmas Eve, 1998. I have the gold cartridge. I have, we've we talked. We've talked about this, I think, in our controversial oh, yeah. episode, the gold cartridge with 1.0 on there, with the uh, the chanting fire temple music in there. I have one of the original cartridges. I played the ever-living crap out of that freaking game, dude, so many times. A buddy of mine from across, not the same friend from um, WWF Raw, but another one after my mom and I had moved to a different location. Another friend, I just got kind of got lucky and became friends with like the kids always across the street. I was one of those just yelling back and forth across the street from porch to porch type thing. But uh, he would come over and him and I, like he would just be enthralled just watching me play Ocarina of Time. Uh, you know, it, it would be. He had his own save, but like he never was there long because the game was long, dude. And like back, back, that, back then, like we didn't know, like we had strategy guides, but we didn't know how much stuff there actually was to do in that game. Like it was so freaking big. That would have, that, that probably was the longest game I played to date. Like when the game came uh, out to that point, um, possibly, probably not so for me because I played so many of like the SNES JRPGs and PS1 yeah. JRPGs, which were relatively long. I think Ocarina of Time probably clocking in somewhere around like 30 hours or so, maybe 40 hours with how much exploration, getting lost type things we probably did as kids. We probably squeaked at least 40 hours out of those, not really knowing what to do or where to go. But that soundtrack just leading us along the way, man, all the great pieces of music we've played before, all the great music we'll play in the future, and obviously this track here. Fun. Great stuff, man. Koji Kondo nailed it out of the park once again. Wow, I only have one more pick for for uh, this episode. Yeah, we each have one pick left. Um, so I'm going to revisit one of my favorite franchises then. From Mortal Kombat 3, this is The Graveyard. 
and that was the graveyard from Mortal Kombat 3. Uh, came out October 13th, 1995, and was composed again. Dan Forden. Mortal Kombat 3. I distinctly remember again playing this in the arcade first. Seeing Cabal in the graveyard do a fatality where he takes his mask off, screams at someone, and their soul runs out and leaves their body. Oh, yeah. That was the coolest thing in the world to me. I was like, oh, my God, they just took this to a whole new level. Like, just this is this isn't like the fatality just ripping someone's head off. He literally scared the soul out of this person's body. Like, it was just so cool. Um, I had to buy this game. By then, 95, I was 13 years old. See, no, math works now. Uh, And well-versed in the fact that I can't buy this game because it's rated M for mature. Rated M for mature. Having owned one and two and being the crafty, wily... Coyote. uh, Coyote that I am. uh, I managed (laughs) to get my mother to buy this game for me. I was like, I need this, mom. And she goes, why do you need this? Do you already have Mortal Kombat? I go, no, I have Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. But uh, this, is the, this is the new one. This is, uh, this, this is the, the, the latest and greatest. She goes, are you going to share with your sister? Of course I'm going to share. You know, yeah. we, we love to play these games. Um, and of course, Nicole's like, I don't want to play that game. I don't like playing with him. Uh, and I'm like, see, I was like, see, mom, she doesn't even want to share. And uh, my mom's like, no, well, how would you get a game that you both like? Uh, and I was like, how about we just get this one and if she wants to play Shabba? <laughs> how about we just get this one? <laughs> this one, by now, I uh, I, would, I had another sister who was born in 1990. Uh, so she was five years old and she actually liked playing this game. Okay. And this, this, this is a game that me and Angela, the, the next sister, would, would play a lot together. And I have nothing but fond memories of just playing this one with her. Uh, Nicole trying to come in and play this game and she sucks. She, she can't play. She, she, she's garbage. She's trash. Really, the title of this episode should be Nicole Sucks, ha ha ha. <laughs> so mean. I'm so mean. Uh, maybe uh, when Radio Hour comes along, I'll uh, play some nice things to honor her memory. How great of a track is this? How great of a piece it's, of music? It's It has a very thriller-esque feel to it, which is understandable. It's a, it's, it's a track yeah. in the graveyard. Yeah. There's zombies I, in the background. and I even asked you, I was like, hey, did Michael Jackson have a hand in this game? We just didn't know about it. <laughs> But yeah, his gloved hand probably uh, t- touched this game somehow. But yeah, man, I just Mortal Kombat three, or even Ultimate Mortal Kombat three, which is the same game with more characters. Ultimate Mortal Kombat three was the one I had. And this it's, it's a hard thing to, to, to pick to pick a baby, you know. Like because I love them all, uh, but it might be my favorite Mortal Kombat game. Okay, Ultimate or just in general? I, I think Ultimate probably just it's it's the, it really is the same game just with extra characters. But yeah, more characters, Nighthawk. Sindel, wasn't she exclusive to Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3? Nightwolf. That's what I meant. You get a writer, pay the price. Sindel, that's an actual name, right? Is, wasn't she exclusive to Ultimate MK3? Yes, Queen, Queen Sindel, she is the mother of Princess Katana. There was, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember. I, that, those are the only two I remember off the top of my head that were exclusive to Ultimate. I know there were probably one or two others. I, I want to say Rain. Jade? I think Rain and, Rain and Ermac may have been. Ermac, uh, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, great games, man. Uh, they don't make them like that anymore. Although this most recent one is pretty damn good as well. Eleven is really, really good. Uh, fun to go back and explore the soundtracks to the prior Mortal because we did an entire episode of Mortal Kombat, Mortal we Kombat did. as well. No surprise. Again, I'm surprised you didn't pick this one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, set me up perfectly for a transition to my final game that we're going to close out with on the episode because it comes from Wings Two Aces High, which released on the. Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES, 
here in North America sometime in October 1992. No idea when. No idea when. Composed by someone we talked about earlier because he composed the music for a game that I picked from earlier. It's George Sanger once again. The guy that did the Dick Tracy music. The world famous George Sanger, like I said. The world famous George Sanger, also known as the Fat Man, according to Wikipedia. Uh, but he doesn't look fat, so I don't. It must just be one of those, hey man, you know, fat type. I don't hey, know. hey, 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 hey. Audio podcast. Yeah, man. Super good piece of music coming up here. You're going to like this, I hope. Uh, George Sanger did the music for Zombies Ate My Neighbors. That's a good, that's a good music. That's a, another good game, too. Yeah. That's the. But yeah, I didn't know the name of this. I didn't know the name of this game was Wings 2 Aces High. I never owned this game. Neither did I, man. We were talking about it and you sent me a video. You're like, I bet you play this game. And I was like, oh, it's the airplane game. You go, you go, you go that's how I remember it as well. It's the airplane yeah, game. Yeah, it's literally the, that one game that has an airplane. That's literally how I know this game. So earlier I talked about WWF Raw and my friend that lived across the street. Well, he's the one that actually owned this particular game. He had an SNES as well. Him and I would share games back and forth, but he had Wings 2 Aces High. I used to go over his house all the time and play this game. Like He'd be playing like uh, Clay Fighter or he, he good game. loved Clay Fighter, but he'd be doing that or Super Mario World or Mario Kart or something else. And I'd, I'd go over there to school, but hey, man, let's play some Wings 2. Or I didn't say that, but now I know that the game is called Wings 2. Hey, man, can we play that one with the airplane? Like, that's all I knew. And for whatever reason, I was hooked on this freaking game, man. And it's I, fun. I went back and looked. It definitely seems to be not terrible, right? It's not terrible. No, I have fond memories of this game. This, I uh, do, the same, too. The same, the, the same friend who I mentioned earlier, how we'd go over his house to play Super Street Fighter 2. Yeah. This is, this is one of the games he had as well. So, like, we would play this. Okay. This is one of the games that was in rotation. Okay, super cool. Again, crossing over there without really realizing it. Uh, never mentioned the name of my track because I saved it till now. And fittingly following the graveyard from Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, the name of the track, something that could get you to a graveyard, Fatal Accident is the name of the track. Ooh, ending on a downer. <laughs> ending on a, well, you just played the graveyard too, though. I don't know. But it is, it is a slower piece of music. It's sad. You know why? It's the game over screen music. This is like when you crash your plane. So the way Wings 2 Aces High works is that you are in control of a replica like World War One biplane type of a thing. Early, early, early 20th century. What? You're a dog, a dog fighting plane. Yeah. Early of 20th century. Uh, Red Baron peanuts, you know, Snoopy type thing. That's that's what you're going to imagine here. Well, not his, his flying doghouse, but that kind of stuff. And uh it's it's a military based game. It's a war. And if you die, if you're seeing a game over screen, chances are you crashed and your plane is on fire and you are incinerated inside the cockpit. That's pretty freaking sad. So the music needs to be sad. Wow. And now, now I'm never going to fly again. It's it's definitely it, it. It has like taps type feel to it. You know what I mean? Like it you can kind of get that feeling a little bit, but I and I like taps. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a beautiful piece of music. I think I like this more. You know what? Let's petition the uh, the president to replace taps with Fatal Accident. With Fatal Accident from Wings <laughs> 2 Aces High on Super Nintendo. George Sanger, you made it. You made it, George. Man, he hasn't done anything since 2002. SpongeBob SquarePants Revenge of the Flying Dutchman. Don't you dare tell me that's a good game. 
May he rest in peace. Still alive, Frank. He is still alive and kicking. Maybe not kicking, but he's still alive. But I do think, unfortunately, that's going to bring us to the close of the episode this week. Unless you have anything else you wanted to mention before we get on out of here. Uh, just go back and listen to our most recent episode of Max Level. Uh, I think it was, it was it was a real good one. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. It was that a fun the episode. It was that, a fun was episode. episode. The episode that posted on Monday. May the 13th. Yeah, Monday, May 13th. It was a fun episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that one. And we, we kind of talked about like some initial E3 hype with games that we haven't heard about in a while. If they're going to reappear this year or not. It, it was really fun. Go back and check it out if you're interested in that. But yeah, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to share your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames, and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We're not live often, I say this all the time, if we ever do go live, it usually is on YouTube Gaming, but even then, we still don't go live often. Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce if you do want to follow someone that's live all the freaking time. Not all the time. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and either Saturdays or Sundays. Never both. Maybe sometimes both. I have no idea. It's his schedule, not mine. He's like the wind. He does what he wants. He does what he wants. B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Follow our buddy Kyle, another one of our cohorts here at Level Down Games over on Twitch, and watch him play some fun games. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, we have decided to go ahead and do the episode Frank mentioned earlier on. I'm not going to tell you what that was in case you didn't listen or in case you don't remember. That way you're surprised. But if you really want to know, it's somewhere hidden in the episode. The name that we're going to title it next week, though, Missed Connections. That's the theme for next week. Missed Connections. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Fatal Accident from Wings 2 Aces High, composed by George Sager. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.